Welcome to Legends of the Hall, the podcast centered around the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in Colorado Springs, telling the stories of the greatest stars in the history of professional rodeo. This is episode number five. Our guest is eight-time world champion team roper, 22-time national finals rodeo team roping qualifier, and 2018 Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame inductee, Rich Skelton, along with his daughter, Rainey. This is professional rodeo announcer Steve Kenyon. Legends of the Hall is being sponsored by Wrangler, the official Western wear of pro rodeo. Long live Cowboys. In just a moment, you'll meet Rich Skelton on Legends of the Hall. Hey, y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West, and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And if I'm going to enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live Cowboys. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon. Thanks for all of your support of our 8 Seconds Media radio shows, the new Steve Kenyon podcast, and our social media sites. Now you can wear 8 Seconds Media wherever you go. Just visit the 8 Seconds Media store, ball caps in some fun colors, T-shirts in all sizes for men and women, and with fall coming, we've got some warm hoodies waiting for you. Just click on the shop link at 8secondsmedia.com. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Welcome to our Legends of the Hall podcast. And uh, this is our show that we highlight the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. And joining me, a guy who was inducted in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in 2018, Rich Skelton, and his daughter, Rainey Skelton, who was one of the top uh, rookies in the Resist All Rookie of the Year race last year. And um, guys, welcome to both of you, first of all. And and, uh, congratulations on both of your success. Rich, thank you for your time. Tell me what you're doing today, Rich. Tell me what your what your life is like today. You know, today we uh, had lessons, and uh, I helped the guys at Reliance Ranches. We rope, ride some of their horses, and go rope with them a lot every day, and do a lot of clinics. Um, you know, and uh, just uh, rope with Rainy, and when she's home, and kind of been helping her with the barrels and things. It's just it's it's been fun. You know. I've had a couple of people tell me, and I want to get to, to Rainey right after this question. Brad Goodrich is a good friend of mine, and you went to the NFR a few times at the same time Brad did, Rich. And he, he and I were talking a while back, and he got to talking about his kids. And he said, I've got a daughter who's rodeoing. i got a son who's rodeoing. i got a wife who's rodeoing. I'm busier now than I was when I was trying to make the NFR. Any of that right. sound familiar to you? It all is. <laughs> I mean, like nowadays, you know, when, you know, between the clinics and the roping and you know when uh i i've actually i'm entered in every roping out in vegas they made me a six header the other day lowered my head numbers so i'm going out there and head some and you know so by the time you you know rope every day and do the clinics and and like today we had lessons i had uh two one per some people this morning had uh, uh another man this afternoon so uh then by the time i ride my horses and get to rope and you know, by the time you really actually get done, I was talking about the other day. Norton used to when we just rodeo and I'd go rope, play a little golf, you know, in the afternoons. And, you know, like nowadays, we don't have no time to do anything by the time we actually get through and finish for the day. Uh, Rainey, you were number two in the Resist All Rookie of the Year race last year, right behind Callie McCall, and it was close. Um, tell me about your rookie year. How did you feel about it, and how, how much fun is it to have the family support that you've got? You know, I had 
so much support um, through this year. I started really late, actually. My good horse got hurt in March, and I didn't find a horse to run until July. July 1st is when I went out uh, for the summer. Hmm. And I feel like I did really good for what I was given, and I'm very thankful to have found another horse that picked up the slack for me and pretty much he won the rookie year is that horse that I just bought from Larry Coates and very grateful to be able to have him. How, how are you doing in college rodeo? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I won Vernon college rodeo on that sorrow horse that I just bought. And then I just got my other good horse back and she won the Lubbock college rodeo. Rich, you're not you're not going like you used to. You're not trying to make the NFR. But I told you when I reached out to you earlier today that the thing that kind of got me thinking I needed to to have you on, and then we we got to talking, and you said, "Hey, let's let's bring Rainey on too." You and Rainey both just got done winning the rodeo in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, you <laughs> roped behind Tanner Green, who's a great young talent. Uh, Rainey won the barrel race. You're not going as hard as you used to, but how much fun is that to both of you to get to the winner circle at the same time? You know, that was very cool. You know, it's from, uh, you know, like I say, I, we don't have that opportunity because a lot of the times I don't get to go to the same rodeos as she does. And like she went off rodeo this summer and I stayed around the house, went to the lot and then some of them rodeos and she went up north. And, you know, so getting to go to the same rodeo, win and uh, have success. And, you know, you know, it was very cool. But, you know, you always want your do- kids to do good or your daughter to do good. And, uh, you know, and then we, uh, you know, I tell you the thing about this is like right there, Tanner Green, I would like to say I roped with him and we had three, well, first year really run hard. And he, man, he done a great job. He scored, rode his horse, steer was pretty tough, got us by it. And every steer, you know, like, and then finally the last day we had a really good steer and he done a great job, you know, so it's, you know, it's, you know, it was really good rope on him and makes making the right kind of runs for the steers in the situation. One of the things that I think, I, I, I know when speed decided to slow down, um, part of it was because, you know, he had kids and he had family and he wanted to be able to spend more time with them. Were you kind of in a similar situation where you, you were able to back off and do other things and spend more time around the family in the process? Yes, you know, it's really button some, you know, like I think a lot of speeds issues, you know, just my outsider looking in is, you know, the whole deal about team roping is head horses, you know, and it got to be where you just couldn't quite, he didn't, couldn't find the horses like we once had when we was having all our success, really in both ends. But, you know, healing, I got where I could, you know, I still had some nice horses and I still wanted to go rope, make the NFR. And I got to rope with Nick Sartain a few times and Travis a few times after that. And so it was just, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed roping. And, I, and even today, what would be kind of cool if I went rodeo and, you know, if I found a partner that I wanted to go. And, you know, it's hard to fit in my schedule by the time I do schools and do it, do everything. It takes a unique partner for me anymore, you know, because when we go rope, I need to win at 30 rodeos to be able to make the NFR, mm-hmm. or 40 rodeos. You know, I, I can't be gone all the time between the clinics and what we have going home, you know, here at home and all that. But it, it's still not out of the question. I would still love to go out there and rope again. And, you know, right now it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, I have a couple deep, pretty decent horses, not as good as I'd say I once had, 
but I just bought a not really nice six-year-old, and he's coming along good. I took him to Pecos and plays. Took him to, uh, uh, you know, I think Big Springs. One second on him there, and this horse is a really nice horse. So, you know, I'm I'm not saying you know one day I wouldn't go rodeo again if all the ducks got you know in a row. Let me ask Randy. Let me ask you a question about horses. How's your dad's eye for picking barrel racing horses? Um, I know your mom barrel races some too, I think, but I mean, there's a, you, you're, you're looking for something when you're looking for a barrel horse. And I got a whole pasture of them here at my house. Um, how, how's mom and dad's eye for picking a good barrel horse for you? My but, mom's is great. I stay out of the barrel racing. <laughs> Rich, she just said my mom's is great. Did you hear that? Uh, yes. So, uh, so I, I like to stay out of the barrel racing. You know, we went to some, some rodeos and, you know, uh, I'm, I go rope, come home. I, I let them go take care of the barrel racing. Yeah. He says he likes to stay out of the barrel racing, but he's been riding my barrel horse for me. So that's what I got to laughing about earlier. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if I rode it. It's that good. I told, I told her I trained it one day, but you know, when she was pretty young, but here lately, you know, we, we've done some work on her and she's and she's had great success. So we might, well, might have to keep trying it. You ever, okay. Has, has a barrel horse ever gotten stolen and become a, a heel horse or has a heel horse ever gotten stolen and, and turned some barrels? No, but she's sure stole one of my calf or she's her calf horse rides in college. Dean Tufton sent it, you know, down here for me to try to heal on him. She's like, man, I think she'd be really good for a breakaway horse, and that's what she's been riding in college. No, he's taken taken her back to rope while I'm in Vegas. So, mm -hmm. got it. Um, so we go ahead, Rich. We share. We were sharing the horse. Yeah. Well, and that works too. Uh, that works too. Randy, let me ask you a, a question about just have you have had a chance to grow up with a father who went to the NFR 22 times, has won over $3 million, is in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame, won eight world titles. You know the entire resume. Um, you you were hanging around when you were a kid, some of the greatest rodeo talent in the world. Did you realize, did you, did you ever find yourself looking around going, wow, these people are all big-time winners? What was that like when you were growing up as a kid? You know, when we, growing up, we... I House. We even have people over all the time. And I still to this day, we have so many people come over to the house and rope. And I think that is just a great atmosphere. You know, I grew up with so many like Kyle Lockett. He was there pretty much when I was born. Um, Logan Olson was there. I just I always grew up thinking of them like family because everybody was so close and we just loved to rope. And it was pretty cool. Rich, you you started roping with t woolman i think was the uh, was really your first first header if i and, and if i miss somebody please stop me and then mm -hmm. t slowed down and you landed with speed williams and then your next header after that you just mentioned was nick sartain who's a world champion you had a chance to rope behind some pretty good guys in your career i had to rope i got to rope with some great guys you know, I had a chance, you know, uh, you know, like a, my very first partner, I remember when I made the finals in 1990 with D Pickett, huh. you know, and he was, you know, one of the, one all around, one the team were open. He'd already made a, had a lot of success. And I think sometimes that's helped me. I got to be around a lot of the guys that actually 
like D and T and and uh, you know, all those guys. And it kind of, you know, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. I lived with T Woman for three or four years before we ever roped together. We practiced a lot and went to some jackpots, but I never actually rodeoed with him. He rodeoed with Bobby Harris and Monty Joe Petska. And I'd made the finals two or three times. And then we, you know, and I guess he would just figured I had to get seasoned and older. And, and then we started roping together. Um, About how, what was the transition like from header to header? Was there a noticeable difference for you as a healer? From D. Pickett to T. Woolman, from T. Woolman to Speed Williams, did was there was there something about those guys that it all happened so fast? Rodeo fans see this and we wouldn't notice it, but as a healer, do you notice one throws faster, one's more deliberate, one? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to how to describe the the differences. But did you notice differences between the guys? You know, everybody wrote a little bit different. The the main deal is their, is their mindset. But the one thing that all those three of those guys had in common, or four of them, Nick, uh, Speed, D, T, uh, is they scored good. You know, that's the not the when you get to them guys, it's amazing how good they score and how they hit the barrier. And then when that does that, it sets up the run. And then you know, like Speed, you know, uh, you know, like he'd get it on them, and he uh, knew what made me tick. And he'd get it on them, and it, like Viper was so good, you know, it's, it boils down to the head horses when it gets down to that level. And like Viper was so great in the indoor arenas, Bob was so good at the at the BFI and the longer scores. But like Speedy would get it on them, slow down, and give me three opportunities. One, you know, like if I turned the corner and he was ready to heal, I could heal him here, or if he wasn't, then I could heal him the next swing or the third swing. He gave me three chances, hmm. you know, and. I, I watch the guys nowadays, and you, to me, the difference in what Speed did for me is, you know, and T's the same way, and all those guys is they nowadays to me, them guys get it on them and they move them and they go faster, and those steers are hitting fast, and it's a you know a lot of times I see where they have one opportunity versus two or three, and. Uh, you know, to me, the more chances you got to catch him, but that's what, how I like it, prefer. Even, it, does that apply, Rich? And this is, forgive me, because this is going to sound like a really dumb question, and I don't mean it to, but I'm just curious. You mentioned speed to give you three opportunities. Even in a little arena like the Thomas and Mac, you'd still get those three different shots? Every time. Every time. You know, unless something went out of the ordinary. But what a lot of folks don't really realize is, like Viper and Speed, when he would stick it on them and bring them around, he would pick that horse up. And whatever the head horse's stride is, is what the steer stride is. Viper was not a huge horse. He was just a good size horse. And his stride was real short. And Speed was good at shortening his stride. And the steers wouldn't take real long jumps. So I, it'd give me three, you know, if I wasn't hit, if I don't hit the turn just right, it gives me multiple chances versus one big jump, big hop when they leave the corner. Rainey, I feel like I should send your dad a check because I feel like I'm getting a Rich Skelton clinic right here. Um, and mm-hmm. I, this is this the, the, kind of the conversation around the Skelton house? Have you have you sat in on some of your, your father's clinics and things like that and, and had a chance to listen to some of the things that he says and the way he explains things to people? I could probably word for word explain <laughs> by now, <laughs> but I might not be able to do it, but I can 
I can explain it, what he says, but um, I really like to watch my dad do schools. Um, sometimes he has Chris Cox, you know, Chris Cox will come and do schools with him. And that, that guy, he is so knowledgeable. And between him and my dad, I think people get a lot out of it at these schools, especially how my dad explains it. He'll explain it step by step and break it down and not just rush through it and give people time to really understand it. So let me let me follow up with you and, and both of you can chime in on this if you want to. You mentioned Chris Cox, one of the greatest horsemen in the world. Um, I don't care if you're riding a barrel racing horse, if you're riding a healing horse, um, if you're roping calves, if you're if you're roping steers, horsemanship has to be a part of all of it. Even in the bulldogging, even you know, guys are only on for three or four seconds, but even in the steer wrestling, there's there's that element of horsemanship. How how much can you learn about horsemanship from watching your dad, Rich? How mu- how important is that in the schools that you teach? Well, you know, the key to the horsemanship is you. It's funny you mentioned the bulldogging. Lee Graves lived with us for two or three years here. And Lee Graves is an outstanding horseman other with a, with a hill horse, with a head horse, with a barrel horse. He is incredible. And it's amazing how much, you know, with the times have gotten faster in every event, how much the horses are, how their horses are better. They're more agile. And it's, it's amazing how these guys, like Lee Graves is incredible with a horse, how he can, uh, you know, just, uh, he can make like my heel horses. He could get on and he helped me a lot with them. And he would work them on the machine or on the helomatic. And then I, and then what, then I would get on, or actually he'd ride them, get them broke, get them off the bridle. And then, you know, I'm not the best horseman in the world, but I've learned, I'm having to learn at it. And that's what intrigues me nowadays is, you know, I've had to, you know, since I hadn't had the best horses like I did at one time, you know, they just took care of me and I, I just roped and, and everything went good. Nowadays, I'm having to start with younger horses. And when I rodeoed, I never really had no young horses. I had 12, 13 year old, you know, you know, 10, 12, 13. And I got on roped. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't train. I wouldn't hardly ride any young horses. And that's one thing we're doing different nowadays is, we're having the young horses and the, the rope horse charities are getting good now. And I'm, do, I don't go to a lot of that, but I do tinker with it a little bit and it's very fun. And the horsemanship part of roping and I didn't really realize it until, uh, you know, like, a Oh, is I'd already won two or three championships. And I tell this at a lot of my schools is, I'd won two or three championships and I, I could tell my roping was just falling off a little bit, falling off. I didn't know why. And so I went to the George Strait roping. I had three of the best headers of all time, Speed Williams, T. Woolman, and Jake Barnes. Yeah. And I, I, they all, they all turned, were clean on the first three, two steers. I mean the first steer and I miss all three of the next two, the second round steers. And I, I didn't understand what was going on. I knew my roping was falling off. So we get home on Monday and I'm going to fix my roping. I don't know. I don't know what, but I'm, I get home. Speedy comes over and he gets on my roan horse. And he, I would have given him to you if I'd have known what was fixing to happen. 
had a boy there that works for us and went and uh, turned the steer or muley. And Speedy got on my horse, got on Roni, put his hand on the saddle horn. He didn't take a rope and got on there and he went down the arena and turned in. And Roni just went straight past the steer, right to the catch pin. And he, just, he don't say much. He rides back and he goes, you know, he goes, there's your problem. My horse had no idea there was a steer in Lano County. So I had to go start that day on my horsemanship hmm. and get him back to reading the steer. And the only reason I know that it was my horsemanship, I used to have an old black horse. He, he was a great horse. And his name was Black Gold. And Speedy said, uh, won't you get Black Gold up? I didn't ride him much then. I get him up. We saddle him. I go, and he turns me about six or eight steers. But he had a lot of cow, great horse, was a really good horse. I don't miss one. And he goes, you know, that's it's it's not your roping, it's your horse. Mm-hmm. And so Ron, Roni had a lot more run, a lot more, you know, he had a lot bigger motor. So I had to go start working on my horsemanship that day. And a few years later, it, uh, I met Chris Cox. And then the puzzle all started, uh, you know, put, getting put together. That's, it's interesting that you bring, that Roni is part of that story. Roni mm-hmm. and Chili Dog were two of the greatest heel horses ever. Correct. But you still have to maintain them. Yeah. I wasn't doing a, I wasn't doing a very good job maintaining them. It's kind of like having a real fast bass boat. I mean, you, you have to, it has to be under control. Interesting. Um, Rainy, what, you listen to this story and you hear what your dad talks about. You think about what you do. If, if you don't ride your horse right at the barrel race, you got a problem. And I, I, how, much, how much of this is it? How much, how much can you transfer from one to the other? I guess is maybe that's my dumb question to the interview right there. That's not the one I warned you about. But um, how much can you transfer from what he just said into what you do? You can transfer everything he just said. No. My yellow mare, everybody knows her. She's a great horse, but sometimes she gets she gets too strong and she gets um, to pulling on me and doing a lot that's just not what she's supposed to do. So we've been really taking her back to the basics. We put a split reins on her. We ride her around. I mean, today I roped the dummy on her. I turned two steers off of her for the first time. Just get her doing different things and listening. Mm-hmm. And I think... It's great because Chris Cox always tells me there's no release for a barrel horse. When you run down that alley, by the time you run back, they're going 9-0. And you need to have the release here. I mean, to do different things and get their mind doing different things instead of just wanting to run all the time. And I think that was my problem for a while. And we're finally starting to get everything correct and everything back on. Rich, she just talked about turning two steers. She's making a name for herself as a barrel racer. How is she as a roper? Outstanding. Really? I mean, I, I can't wait till she gets 21 where I can rope with her. Then she's going to have to go rope some. But, you know, it's hard. To, you know, we can go rope now. But by the time, you know, she's uh, – and the cool thing is that she heals really good. And, she, you know, it's like she heads great, but she really heals good. She breakaways good. You know, so it's uh, – you know, but everybody thinks that she's got a natural good swing. Everybody thinks I've helped her a lot with it. We, I've showed her the right things, and but she's it's just natural with it. That with that in the breakaway, so it's it's kind of cool. 
what are the biggest mistakes? You do a lot of clinics. What are the biggest mistakes people make when they're starting out, when they're starting their kids out? I always wonder about the parent that goes out and buys a colt and figures they'll, they'll put their young son or daughter on the colt. And I don't care if it's a barrel horse or a team roping horse or a calf roping horse um, and thinks that they'll grow up together. My theory has always been you better get them a seasoned horse that can teach them how to do it. I don't know if I'm right in saying that or not. You've forgotten more about this than I do. What are the biggest mistakes people make when they're getting their 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 kids started out, whether it's barrel racing or roping? Well, like you say, it's all the same. But it's like one of them deals, you're right. They need a, in a, they need a 14, 15, 16-year-old horse. Or, or it can't even be older. But uh, seasons where they learn to ride, riding is everything in any event. Yeah, and so it's all it, you know. One thing that Randy did really good, and it I, I that's you know a lot of people I don't see doing nowadays. When she was real young, she rode bareback, she rode everywhere bareback. Had yeah. a pony, she rode him bareback. I mean, but it teaches her to ride. She can. That's why she rides so good today. You know, it's like, you know, she rode like when she's little, she rode bareback everywhere she went around the house. Very often she ever saddled. So, you know, when for me too, I don't know, you know, I think it's head and healing and, and roping calves. What I see, I've had a, a lot of young uh, kids come through here, you know, and I've watched a lot of them with, there was Rainy when she was young, the, every level, you know, from junior high or peewee to, to college now. And a lot of them, like when they're real young, I notice this and, and it's hard to find, but when kids are young, if they will learn to, like, you gotta have a pony. You have to have a good pony. Oh, she got a pony from Jay Ellerman and, or, and Tammy Ellerman and Britt Ellerman. That's incredible. You could head on him, heel on him. I tripped some steers on him one day. He just, I mean, he will work, but I know they're hard to find, but what people, what I've learned over the years is when they're roping a calf, they get to leaning. You know, it's like if the horse is throwing a big horse and they're in their head, the horse's head's long, they get to leaning and they get to looking and trying to see the calf or see the steer's feet or see his horns on a big long necked horse. And so what happens with that is when they develop that habit, it is very, very difficult to change. I want to follow. Any, go ahead, Rich. Any, any time in their career, it's very difficult to change. Even though when they get older and bigger and riding another horse, so the neck's not as long or they fit better, they still have that habit. It's, so it's whatever you learn, ever how you learn your basics. So it, it's very difficult to change. And I, I tell everybody, if you can find, a, if, for a young boy or a girl, if you can find an unbelievable good uh, pony or, you know, or, or a small horse with a sm not a very long neck, and I, I think that's huge when, you know, when getting the fundamentals down. What was your first horse, Rainy? Um, I had a pony we called Blackjack. Uh, we got him out Louisiana, I think. They found him in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And he, I I went everywhere on him. He taught me so much. And then I stepped up. I had another horse we called Flashy. 
I learned to run burls on him. He was an old bulldogging horse. Like hmm. he, he would let you do anything on him. And hmm. I had a, one thing, I had a bunch of ponies. We had a guy that worked for a smart team. He would teach them all the tricks. Like they, I had ponies that would lay down, bow, anything he wanted, these ponies would do. And I would ride them and then I would sell them, like take them to the burl races and we'd, I'd lay them down and these grandfathers would see it and they'd want it for their grandkid. These horses, these ponies that would lay down and bow and do all these tricks. And a lot of my balance and my ability has come from riding all those ponies and mm. good horses. I never got scared. Mm. That's, that's one of the main things I feel like today is parents stick kids on horses that are too much for them. Yes, you want your kid to win, but you also want them to have the confidence to be able to win. How much did it benefit you to ride bareback all over the place? I feel like that's everything. Um, that That's your balance. That's your core. That's where everything stems from is being able to balance. You don't want to get leaning or... Um, I just... Balancing is to, is everything. to No matter if you're running barrels, breakaway, healing, you want to stay balanced. Interesting. Rich, I you, know, you mentioned the... You know, getting kids to rope on maybe smaller horses. I just got done announcing a big tie-down roping event for Chris Neal um, a couple of weeks ago. And I watched a 12-and-under breakaway roping and a 12-and-under tie-down roping that was a mm -hmm. heck of a good roping. These kids right. all roped great. None of them were on full-size horses. They were all on 13 hands something, you know. Mm -hmm. smaller but the right size for them and what you just said really clicked with me watching all these kids rope these little right. horses work great for them and they rope great on them right and it, it's just you know and then it's just a, but once you get your foundation then it's a then it's uh just a building process you know then, then you the better better you ride the better you rope then you get a better horse and yeah. it's just you know this way it is yeah. Randy, by the way, I'm betting those grandfathers, it's none of my business, but I'll bet those grandpas were willing to pay a little bit of money for those ponies after they saw them do all those <laughs> tricks and stuff. They were. I, sometimes I'd come home and I'm like, did I really just sell him? I didn't really want to sell him. But I, one day I sold three in one day. Hmm. We had a jackpot at our house and I was just riding them around and they all would do the tricks and everybody, they would want them for their kids. And all these ponies, they were so gentle. And that's a main thing is gentle and you can do anything on them. Guys, I wrote down a whole bunch of questions I wanted to ask you. None of them were about ponies that did tricks. Um, but mm -hmm. that's frequently the way these things go is, <laughs> is you go off in a direction. It gets interesting and fun to talk about. Rich, you, you had to know when you started to slow down in your rodeo career that someday after eight world titles, the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame was going to call. Um, mm -hmm. 2018, you and Speed went into the hall together. How special was that? Uh, it was very special. You know, the, the cool thing is, you know, my mom had passed away, but she wasn't there. But, you know, my dad was there. Ron and Randy was there. You know, and all of our friends, they, they had got, you know, came. And, you know, it's uh, it's one of those deals where after you've worked all your life to, and, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing that, you, you know, I'd never thought about, that ever happening you know when you're you know when you're young and you're roping and you know it's kind of like a stair step deal 
I always wanted to, you know, everybody asked me, says, was there something else that you, uh, uh, how do you start roping? I was like, you know what? Some people want to be a fireman. Some people want to be lawyer, somebody, you know, when I was a kid, I watched the NFR and I knew that's what I wanted to do from the time I was second, second, third grade. And, uh, then, you know, then I messed around and finally made the NFR. And so I thought, you know what, that was a, that was very cool. And then, you know, and then I, I got kind of close when I started up with T and we come very close winning the world a couple of times. And then, it, you know, it got to be where, you know, that's, that's the next step, what I wanted to do. And then, you know, I went in speed and I actually won the championships and, and, uh, had a lot of success and, you know, and that, and that was kind of the pinnacle of the whole deal by the time, you know, from starting the rope to the making NFR to, you know, winning the world championship and then getting lucky enough and get put in the hall of fame. And, uh, you know, it's something you, you know, it's not something that I, 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 the goal of mine was winning the world championship, not to get in the hall of fame. But I guess it took care of itself. Yeah. What's it like sitting in the audience watching your dad accept a, an induction into the Hall of Fame, Randy? She was laughing. Really? Like, I, You're oh, supposed yeah, to be crying kind of, and, and having all yeah. this emotion. You were laughing? I, I got up there, and a, a friend of mine is very successful, in, like, in, uh, uh, like a teacher and things like that. And she made me a bunch of cue notes. And I get up there, and... I, you know, hard to believe it wasn't real. I mean, I was pretty nervous. I'm not, I don't talk to again from a lot of people. And I get up there and, and my, all my cue notes, the wind's blowing, they all blow away. And they're all down there in the, you know, on, the, on the ground right in front of everybody. And I was like, well, I guess we're going to wing it now. So as a rodeo announcer, who's had that happening. I can emphasize, trust me. Yes. So it all blew away. So I just had to wing it. And, they, and they had set, they're sitting there on the front row and all this. And it gets running, and they're they're laughing. So it kind of broke the mood up too, and so it kind of helped in a way. The stories must have been better without the key the cue cards, right? <laughs> so right. I, I think so. The only thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure that I got to go in front of a Speedy. Did you? I don't remember. Did you? Yeah, I, I went first because. Uh, I told him, I said, there's no, when he gets up there, we're going to be there a while. I said, I, when I got up, when I got there, I wanted to get up there and tell everybody, thank you. And, and, uh, and, uh, to, and get through it and be finished. So, but that they let me go first. So that was nice. Haley, I told you before we started this, Steve's dumb question of the interview is going to be this. You're really starting to have a lot of success in your barrel racing career at the same time that the man that your father won eight world titles with's daughter, Haley Williams, is she's about to go to the breakaway finals in the number two spot in the world. You are both kind of coming up at the same time. I think it'd be kind of fun. I think it's fun to have a chance to watch um, the daughter of Rich Skelton and the daughter of Speed Williams build their careers together. I don't know if you and Haley talk much or um, have you ever thought about that at all? Or am I just way out on a limb and even asking about it? No, you know, uh, an article come out earlier this year um, during the summer run was um, wouldn't it be cool or something about wouldn't it be cool if Haley won the world and I won the rookie. And I think she's got a great chance to win the world. She has all the ability in the world to do it. Um, I think it's pretty special to because we're friends and we talk and 
I just know she has a great worth ethic and she deserves it. Yeah. And she was number one in the world standings up until the rodeo in Sioux Falls. She was right there and she's still right there. She set a record. Um, Shelby Beaujolais set a record because she won a little bit more, but um, it's Mm -hmm. amazing to watch that. Rich, let me ask you about that. Um, there is so much money being won by cowboys and cowgirls these days. Their their traveling expenses are higher because you know everything costs more. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, almost every team roper that's going to the NFR this year's got over a hundred thousand dollars won before the rodeo starts. Um, I think that's really good for professional rodeo. What do you What do you see? What do you look at when you look at the the amount of money that's available now? You know, it's uh, somebody the other day was talking about, and I'm not really 100% sure how much money. Well, like this summer when I was going to some rodeos, they said I was close to winning $3 million. I don't know if I am or if I went over it or not. But, you know, and so the other day, I, I, I'm not sure if I've accomplished that yet or not. But some people were talking about it, and they're like, you know, that year they, somebody had been around, maybe Clay Tryon or somebody. It wasn't Clay Tryon. But somebody had been around a long time, and they go, you know what? The thing about it is, is you've done it the hard way. Yeah. You know, it's like when I first year I made the NFR, the, the go-arounds made 6700 you know, which was great. A lot of money back then in 1990. But nowadays, you know, they pay, I think, 30000 or Yeah, right it's over 30000 this year. Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and nowadays these guys can win a lot more money a lot faster. And, you know, because – you know, it, there, there's so much more opportunities, so much more money out there. But, you know, it's it's still, you know, that kind of, you know, it, that doesn't bother me. It kind of makes me feel good that I could do it back when it was tough. I, you know, I would, there's a part of me that thinks, okay, I would really want to go back through and just multiply the number of go-round wins time 30,000 just to see what I would have won today um, if mm-hmm. I had the opportunity. But by the same token, I mean, the costs of everything else have gone up too. But um, you, you're the second person I've heard talk about doing it the hard way. I interviewed Brittany Posey-Tanazi a while back, and we got talking about mm-hmm. Sherry Servey, who's in the $3 million club. And right. Brittany said the same thing. Sherry did it the hard way. Um, there, there wasn't all this money available when, you know, in the 90s and, and the early part of the 2000s. You guys helped to build it, I think. I, I, to me, I really look at Speed and Rich and and all the guys that that you know came before this generation. Now you guys helped to build this and make it possible for for this to be available. I don't know if you think of it in those terms or not, but that's the way I think of it. Well, I, I hope you know everybody thinks of it that way, you know, because in the end, that's the only thing you have is what what the perception that people thinks of you, and it's like that's kind of you know to me it's kind of cool to for you know, to been in that era. And, you know, in, in my idea, in my eyes, I see Joe Bieber, I see uh, Jake Barnes, Clay Cooper, Al Bach, guys like that. You know, you think about, you know, you know, it's like, uh, so, you know, they're, they was, they, I think as them has been instrumental. And I think we was kind of the second generation being instrumental there. Yeah. I guess that would make sense or, you know, something like that. Yeah, well, um, we don't have the foundation that we have today without the people that came before us, and and uh, and I and I think all the kids today recognize that. But um, you guys really did help to start something special. Um, 
and all the headlines you made in those eight world titles. I didn't look this up. I forget, Rich. Most of the years that you won a world title in that run, you've been asked this question a million times. You did it without mm-hmm. the average, right? At some point, you guys went out of the average early on, and you were picking at them in the go-rounds, right? Well, the funny thing or am about I wrong the average in it? at the NFR yeah. is I wrote, I went six years in a row, never missed a steer, never roped a leg. And I roped 60 steers in a row by two feet. And the worst I ever roped, I never won the average in those six years. And the worst I ever roped, I missed two and roped two legs, and I won the NFR average that year. Wow. That's crazy, but that's how it happened. Yeah. The only time I've won the average is one time. Interesting. What are you going to watch? What? How, how close do you pay attention today? You're still competing. You're still out there on the road. Um, before I let you go, any any thoughts on what we're going to see this year? Caleb and Junior have become the dominant team. Guys like Dustin Agasquiza throw so fast. Um, what it, what are what are you looking at as you look at these 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 uh, these fifteen teams of team ropers that are getting ready to go at it? You know what uh, I think. Like last year, with Tanner and Patrick winning the average and winning so much money, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna have your teams like you say, Dustin. You're gonna have um, you're gonna have uh, Caleb and Junior for sure, not a question. Right. But there's gonna be a, a team that I see that I I really like on paper is Clay Smith and and um, Peyton Bray. Peyton Bray. Yeah. I mean, you know what you you get. You get them out there and get them tapped off right. You know, nowadays so much money there, it, it could happen from anywhere. And teams like that, I think, you know, you're, you're going to have your normal teams that does great all the time, but I think you're going to have a couple of teams that highlight like that. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, I want to let you talk a little bit about, um, I looked at the, the Rich Skelton website and actually got some ideas from things that I want to do from looking at your website today, Rich. There's there's some really fun stuff on there. There's a conversation with Bobby Mode about the mental game, for example, some things like that. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, about uh, you know, opportunities people have to kind of follow you and stay in touch with you. You know, that's one thing we haven't talked a lot of today about, but it's like you say, my website, Get Rich Rodeo. You know, I named it Rodeo so we could have different events, different people, not just team roping. And, uh, you know, it's uh, Rainey's on there with some barrel racing, breakaway, and, you know, and uh, it's just, you know, it all goes around. It's uh, like I said, we're talking about, talking about the horsemanship, you know, and like I say, I had a lot of my friends on there. Trey Yates come by. A lot of people that come by in the wintertime and ropes with me. Or um, last year, it was kind of cool. I went up and uh, videoed a. Uh, uh, Clay Smith and Jake Long getting ready for the NFR. And so that was kind of cool being back in the mix and, and being, you know, part of that. So, you know, but the, you know, the website is cool and, uh, you know, and I, I want to do as much and, you know, what getting it out there and teaching people. And, you know, a lot of times I can't come here, but they can get on there and, you know, and uh, learn and all the things I teach at the schools I put on there. So it's all about the same. How busy are you with schools? You know, it comes and goes. In the springtime, a lot of schools. Yeah. And, you know, and I do a lot of private lessons here at home in the afternoons. You know, and just like right now, everybody getting ready to go to the NFR. Or, I mean, not the NFR, the, the uh, Vegas to the um, World Series. You know, everybody wants to rope right before the, the World Series. Everybody wants to rope. Uh, you know, I can always tell. I have kids right before the junior, or before junior high and high school start. 
for the year, and then I really have them right for the the state finals. So it's you know everything kind of comes in circles and comes and goes. But uh, you know the nice thing about Texas is when I want to go rope, there's a rope, and I'm going to rope tomorrow in uh, Stephen Bill, and so it's you know it's, there's you can there's something if you want to rope or do a school or there, there's something to do all the time. I'm looking at that arena behind you, Rainy. That's kind of a nice place to be able to train your horses, isn't it? Yes, sir. Really blessed to be able to have this place. Yeah. Um, Rich, did you say you're going to rope at the World Series in Vegas? I'm roping in almost every roping out there. Really? The other day, yes. They they uh, uh, actually made me a num- move my number down. And I made me a six header. So I'm roping in the, the open, the 15, and then after that, starting in the 14, I'm heading in the 14, the 13, 12, 11, 10. <laughs> I'm roping in every roping out there, uh, roping with uh, uh, Gary McKinney in the 10, uh, you know, and I just have a, I have, I'm roping with a really good partner in the open, Jason Thomas. He's from uh, Canyon, Texas ropes great so i you know I, if i can tend if i can do my job i hope i win more than the guys at the nfr well it's been done i mean that <laughs> that world series roping actually pays more every year than the national finals rodeo does um mm-hmm. it's it's an amazing amazing time to be in las vegas uh rainy how much are during the national finals there, there's breakaway roping there's barrel racing um are you gonna be focused on college or are you gonna be out there some too I'm not going to go this year. I have a bunch of school that I'm going to have to do. I'm taking a couple classes, and I need to focus on that. Yeah. But um, I just, I'm excited to watch him out there, but I'm not going to go. Got it. Um, well, Rich, good luck. I, I hope I get to report on you going out and winning something really big uh, during that That'd World Series fun. of Team Roping. That'd be great. That'd be actually fun. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, cash one of those great big checks. Guys, I really appreciate it. Rainy, you were you were kind of the technical engineer on all this, and I really appreciate your help in, in getting everything set up. Rich, I appreciate your time. It is so much fun to be able to present these shows focusing on the Hall of Famers and the legends. Of all the NFRs that you went to before I let you go, was there one that stood out as your best? Was there one that you really yeah. look back on and say, yeah, this is the one where we really – really made some magic here or is it is it hard to focus on just one no uh, 1997 it was easy we placed in seven go arounds won several i forget how many rounds we won and that's the year we won the world the first time so that one that one stands out and also too what makes that stand out is i was sitting up with ronda in the stands after we won the world i think we forgot it all i think we had it technically won like friday night or something and i'm setting up for whatever night it was that was the year that they broke that cody o and all them they all broke the record in a row yeah i forget what that there's seven what i forget what it was blair i remember i forget who it was well it cody was o, it was Fred Whitfield first, it was Blair Burke second, and if it, it was Jeff Chapman third, right? There you go. Seven flat, six, uh, nine, six, eight. And it just, I just remember, it's funny how things, uh, you know, stand out, but I remember, you know, that year and winning the world and finally getting it done and 
to me, that's, that's the best year. Yeah, that was one of the that moment was one of the greatest years for tie down roping at the NFR. I really th- that sure. that moment in a, in a lot of ways kind of helped to elevate tie down roping. I've always thought uh, you were there, uh, you watched it. I wasn't, but that's I've always thought that. I did, and you know, and I watched it, and it was incredible to watch, and I know, and so it was, you know, it was very cool, you know, it all and it all kind of come down that that night. Yeah. So that that's what made it very cool. Awesome. Rich Kelton, thank you for your time. Congratulations on all of your success. Um, Rainey, congratulations on the success that you've had. Number two in the Resist All Rookie of the Year race last year. Off to a good start this year. Off to a good start in college. Um, I wish you all the success in the world. I hope you win a whole lot of money. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your time. That's eight-time world champion Team Roper, 2018 Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame inductee Rich Skelton. Thanks to his daughter, Rainey, for joining us on Legends of the Hall. Next week, a special encore presentation with Thanksgiving right around the corner of the Legends of the Hall podcast, episode number one, with the man who is this year's legend of Pro Rodeo. We'll talk to Red Stegall next week, our very first Legends of the Hall show. That's coming up next week, a special Thanksgiving week edition, getting ready for the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame's Gold Buckle Gala that will take place on December the 4th at the South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Tickets and more at ProRodeoHallOfFame.com. Thanks for joining us for Legends of the Hall, brought to you by Wrangler. I'm Steve Kenyon.